Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Mia Moran. Mia is an inspiring mentor for women who are balancing work, family, and their wellness. She believes women have the power to change the future for the better, but not if they are stressed out and overwhelmed. Mia is a mom of three teenagers, entrepreneur, and coach who also makes time for family, wellness, and joy. And she hopes to empower 1 million moms to feel a deep sense of balance and ease. She's also the host of the Plan Simple podcast, best-selling author of Plan Simple Meals, and creator of the Flow Planning Method and Planner and Flow 365, a year-long program designed to help women lean into their life, making choices and change one 90-day season at a time. In the episode, Mia explains her meal planning system that helps families make lasting change, how to balance meal planning and prepping with family demands, gadgets and pantry staples she absolutely loves, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think that eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is, until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Mia. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson certified nutrition coach and your host of the health investment podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week I interview experts and share no nonsense research backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Mia. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I have mentioned to you just now off air that I've had a couple guests on talking about meal planning. That's a topic that really fascinates my audience. And I always get a lot of downloads on those episodes. And I know you have kind of a different take on it, which I'm excited to hear. Can you start off by telling us a bit about your background and then specifically what led you to write Plan Simple Meals? Yes, absolutely. So um, I have always been an entrepreneur and 
so at this moment, that was probably like 12 years ago, I think at this point, 12 or 13 years ago, um, I had this day where I was sitting at my desk. And at the time I had, I now have three teenagers. So at the time I had three kids under five and I had kind of like checked off all the boxes. I had had these three kids. I was married to, I still am married to a guy I met in high school. We had bought our first house. I owned this company. Like, you know, it all was feeling pretty good. And I was in my early thirties. So I was like, this is pretty great. And I just remember this day where I was at my desk and it was like three. And I looked across my desk at this stack of Starbucks coffee cups, like seven of them that had added up over the course of the day. And I just remember having this thought, like, first of all, how have I been to Starbucks this many times in (laughs) six hours or seven hours or however long I had been at work? And also, like, the promise of coffee is definitely energy, and I'm freaking exhausted. And that was kind of this pivotal moment where I was like, okay, something has to happen. And it was this combo of, you know, like being in this moment where I felt like I should be super grateful that I had all these things. And then really being in this place where my body didn't feel very good. And, you know, I had my kids were under five and they're two years apart. So basically I had been pregnant or nursing for like six years and um, I had gained weight during all of that. And I just I just wasn't happy in my body. And I, I didn't I didn't really, really understand what that meant at the time, but that was kind of like, I was just like, okay, like let's, let's deal with the body. And, and I had 65 pounds on me. So that was sort of like the most tangible piece of that. So I remember deciding that. And somehow the first step I took was to go to this yoga class. I just was like, that's going to be the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this yoga class. And I ended up introducing myself to the teacher and which is way out of character. And, um, she started telling me all about this new way of eating. And literally at this time, if you had have told me to go pick out kale at the grocery store, I think (laughs) I would have cried. Like I didn't know, like I was like totally like a frozen food warm up. Like I didn't know what all the things, I was not a cook. I married one, but I was not one. And So she just made it really easy for me because she actually wasn't a cook herself. And so I just started eating very differently. What I actually was eating was I went raw vegan for like a year and a half. Um, But what happened, and I don't like necessarily think that that is at all the right thing for everyone, but you know, that was this turn that I took. So it was like very different from what I was doing. And I just had this experience where I tell people the weight melted away because it became not the purpose, like not the point at some point, like the energy came back, I would say within a week. Um, I realized that I didn't need to take medicine that I was taking daily. So I had super bad allergies. I had to take this medicine for my hormones. Um, About a year later, I was like, whoa, I haven't had an ear infection. And I used to have ear infections all the time. So it was kind of this like beautiful dovetailing of, yes, I was losing the weight, but also I transformed my health at the same time. And I just didn't even like, that wasn't even in my understand, like realm of understanding, like at the time, Mm. like I had, like I had, I definitely was concerned with my body before. Like I had tried a lot of the diet fads, but I didn't really put together health. Like for me, it was a little bit more about the outside at that point. Um, And so that really rocked my world for me. And so it started off 
just because literally I was so clueless. I didn't know what kale was. Like it started off with me just really focusing on myself and continuing to feed my kids whatever they were eating. Um, I just needed to do that for a couple of months. And then I pretty quickly was like, well, gosh, if it's affecting me this way, why would I ever feed my kids crap? Um, And so I sort of took that on and that ended up becoming plan simple meals because at the time, so, you know, Instagram wasn't huge yet. There was a couple people who were doing, I don't even think Instagram existed yet. Um, There was a couple people who were doing, you know, pretty photos, but not many. And pretty photos usually were more like Martha Stewart and cupcakes. And so a lot of healthy food was not portrayed beautifully. And because I was a designer, that was my business. I was just like, there's got to be a better way (laughs) to teach all these things. Um, And so I started interviewing all these health um, practitioners, like and people who cared about food, which for whatever reason happened to be like 65 plus men. And the story that kept coming up over and over again was about their grown children who did the opposite of what they did. Um, And so that for me was really this clue of like, okay, I feel really good. I want my kids to feel really good. And what do I need to learn about parenting to make that really happen? And that's sort of what became the body of work that became Plan Simple Meals. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, at what point did you decide to put it into a book? You just were doing it and you realized not a lot of people had your skills. Um, No, it's funny. I was just, I was just doing another podcast interview about intuition. Like it was just really like this thing that I was like, oh my God, I don't, I'm dyslexic. Like there was no reason that I should write a book, but I was, Hmm. I just had this thing that like, I just had to do this. Um, And the book still exists and people still tell me they love it. And what I ended up doing with the book was I took my kids who at this point were not under five, but in grade school, I took them out of school for a year and we went on a book tour. We actually came out to your side of the world too. I spent a year sort of on the road in different ways. Um, And actually in California was when I really realized (laughs) that there was a lot of people who knew more about kale and vegetables than I did Mm. um, because it's been, you know, it's a thing there much more so than it is on the East coast. And, but I still, I was speaking at a lot of um, schools and I still was running into this thing of like, I would end up with this auditorium full of women who knew what they wanted to do, but just were not doing it. Um, And so at some point we, I started playing this game of taking out your phone and looking at your calendar and pretty much what like nine out of 10 people realize is that they literally weren't making the time um, mm-hmm. to buy the food, make the food, much less sit down and like actually enjoy the food. Yeah. Um, and so I that always, really became yeah. my mission is like, you know, how, how do we make the time? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. I talk about that a lot with my clients as well of one of my favorite tools for weight loss, weight maintenance, nutrition, whatever your goal is, is your Google calendar or whatever it is that you use for planning. Because if you don't carve out space, then it's going to get eaten up by something else. Yeah. So it's just so important to be really intentional about that. Um, do you think the most difficult thing about meal planning is time management? Or what would you say are some of the barriers to entry to, I guess, meal planning and meal prep are two kind of related things, but different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
I think we make it complicated. Um, okay. And I don't, you know, I think that the process of like, there's so, so often um, somebody will, you know, come into one of our groups and be like, I just can't do this meal planning thing. And when we really unpack it, it's like the quote unquote meal planning thing to them is taking out all their cookbooks and opening all the pages or opening Pinterest or whatever. Like, but it's complicated. It's like, to me, that's like opening a restaurant. That's not meal planning for your week. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think time management is like the biggest thing, but I I think that very often, um, we've been conditioned to think about time in a, in a way that might not serve our goal. So a lot of times, especially I think when it comes to body, you know, there's so much information, we're being fed so much information. And so in, in a sense, there's so many bright, shiny objects and very often, I think we're just not, we're not connected to how we really want to feel like what, what is really the outcome of doing this? So when, when we're, when I'm talking about time management, it's really like this three prong process of like really being in touch with why you want to do this, like why you want to change the way you eat, whether that is connected to a weight loss goal or an energy goal or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is for you that like really is motivating, not because you think you're supposed to do it, but because it's really motivating. And then creating like, I I think if we jump from there into time, again, it's like a structure that can feel really constricting. Like a lot of times when people open their Google calendar, you know, it's like, I'm going to lose all my freedom. And, and it's the same thing. Like when people are like, I have to change my food. It's like, I'm going to lose all my freedom. And so there's this middle step of like, okay, I want to feel this way. So what do I want to eat? Or like, how do I want to move my body? Like, what are the things that are actually going to make me reach this goal? And allowing that to be sort of a creative, um, not stressful process. And then from that list, getting it into time. So I think Mm. sometimes we're doing like one of those pieces or two of those pieces, but I have found that doing all three um, are really important for follow, like for actually paying attention to what you put in your calendar. And when you were talking about how Instagram wasn't a thing, now it's such a huge thing. And there's (laughs) Facebook, TikTok, but if you decide I want to eat healthier. Okay. I'm going to meal plan. And then you start following a bunch of people who meal plan. Everybody kind of does it different and everybody may be doing it in a way that doesn't work for you. And maybe some people want to spend an entire Sunday in the kitchen, putting things into fancy Mason jars, (laughs) making their fridge look all color coded. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like these Pinterest pictures. If I were to, if I thought that that was meal planning and I had to do that, I would never do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's just not my style. <laughs> I'm not ever going to put things in fancy mason jars, but it's great. If somebody wants to do that, that's totally fine. Yeah. But it can just feel extremely overwhelming and all of these people mean so well and they're giving all these tips and it just can get to be too much. Yeah. And I'm always asking myself like, I feel like I'm always trying to make the process of planning sort of more um, like just feel better and feel more intuitive. Because I feel like a lot of times when people are planning, they again, they just feel like all their freedom is taken away from them. But the other question I'm asking as I'm planning is like, how can I simplify this? How can I simplify this? Um, And usually you'll be like, okay, 
maybe I don't need the mason jars, you know, like, or, you know, like, yeah. like what will make this a little bit simpler? Uh-huh. And if every week it gets a little bit simpler. Yeah. And it gets down to the point where you're just doing the bare minimum, but you're getting all the meals that are balanced and that help you feel good. And yeah. it's not taking a ton of time. That's the, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, absolutely. You have young kids. And so I hear a lot, I don't have kids yet. So clients will say to me like, oh, I have young kids though. There's no way I can do this. And how do you advise that people balance meal planning and prepping with family demands, especially with young kids? Yeah. So, and I have um, teenagers now, so (laughs) I can say like, you know, it's been over, over time. So, um, so a a few different ways and it's really, first of all, we don't have to choose like that. I think that's really why I got into a more holistic version of planning is because I, I could see where we were sold this idea, especially as women that we have to choose between work or motherhood or taking care of ourselves. Right. So it's like, we can't do all the things. Um, so if we're working and a mother, for sure, we can't take care of ourselves. And mm-hmm. I just think that part of it is just really shifting. I think that's just a myth that we've been sold and is apt. I can, I can tell you from my experience that is absolutely not true, but you know, it just might take some planning and some focus um, to do it. So making a plan, I find, is super helpful. And one of the things that was really helpful um, for me and is how the book is actually broken up um, is to really think through. And I would do this a couple times a year, like depending on the season we were in. So summer might look a little bit different than the school year. Um, but I would break down um, a rhythm like of the weeks, you know, so a lot of times this actually now gets, you know, Pinterest eyes or whatever, like, you know, somebody will say taco Tuesday, but I would do that, you know, not because like, I wouldn't pick the Instagram versions, I would pick my versions. <laughs> so uh, I think I can't remember we were on air or off air when I was saying I'm from New Orleans. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm from New Orleans. And in New Orleans, every Monday, we had um, red beans and rice. So I decided when my kids were little that Monday would be beans day. And it wasn't always red beans, but like that, that would be sort of the main the main course. Um, in the winter, we would have a soup day on, you know, there would be a day where sometimes I would go to the farmer's market. So that would be like, you know, the day that I would use the stuff from the farmer's market and make it for dinner. Um, you know, my kids weren't always fans of soup. So there was also like, I would make sure that I balanced that with a day that I already knew they had buy-in for. So I would create these different like categories, um, especially for dinner, I would say. I think that we over, um, like we over sensationalize. Is that the right word? Like we, we over, we we think that there needs to be more variety than there does. So, um, you know, a dinner can definitely repeat, but for sure breakfast and lunch can like alternate between two things. Like it doesn't have, like, we don't have to like always make everything different. So for dinner, I would sort of you know, make this rhythm of maybe five or six meals a week, knowing that one night we could get leftovers. Um, And then I would do the same things for breakfast and lunch as I would just create these rhythms. So the book is actually broken down by just some ideas for what those different days could be. Um, But this does did two things for me, especially as a non cook. Um, So one thing and, and somebody with small kids. So one thing is, as a non cook, 
having bean day or one of my other favorites is rice bowl day or grain bowl day. Um, you know, having that as a theme, it used it before I had these themes, I would like start to think about what was for dinner. And like, literally, I would always bring up the same five things. <laughs> but mm. when I had these themes, I actually found I broadened what I made. So on Mondays, like one day we would have lentils and one day we would have black beans and one day we would have red beans. And I actually brought in my repertoire of like what I was learning to cook, if that makes any sense, Um, Mm -hmm. because it gave me a framework instead of like the whole internet or, you know, everything I knew. Um, And I found over time that brought it. The other thing that it does for kids is that if anyone listening has kids who won't eat things, um, is that it gives them something reliable because a lot of the times when we have, you know, some, there are children who have like real um, issues with texture um, or sensory issues that create problems with eating, but that's like a very small fraction of kids. And there's a large amount of kids who I think a parent would describe as a picky eater that that's totally solvable or, you know, they, they don't need to be treated as a picky eater. And so this idea of rhythm is super, super helpful for that um, because, yes, soup night was not the favorite night in my house, but it was reliable. And so I might get frowns, but I was really grounded in the fact that I had made this like yummy squash soup um, and that was dinner. And, you know, sometimes somebody would eat more, somebody would eat less, but over time, like my kids will eat any soup, right? So there was definitely times when like it wasn't people's favorite, but um, that rhythm really was grounding for them. Um, it's like so, it's coming back again. So if you can't be yeah, enjoying <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and I think there's like, there's it's like, you know, we could break this down in a whole show, but like a lot of it is just when we're sure about what's for dinner, like, a lot of what kids are reacting to is our overwhelm at that hour because that hour sucks. Mm. Like six mm-hmm. o'clock sucks. If you've been at work, you've driven kids around, like everyone's coming in from their days, you're tired, they're tired, you know? And so if you open the fridge and you're like, I wonder what's for dinner. I can't believe I have to make it. Like I can pretty much guarantee that the kid is going to swoop in and be like, I don't want that. Um, but it's a lot to do with how, yeah, but it's a lot to, and that's when we bring out the macaroni and cheese and then that's not at all what we want in in our self-care as the parents. Um, but we eat it too because it's easier, right? So it's just this cycle. So that, that strategy really, really, really helped me. And then the other thing about thinking about the rhythms and when they happen is not meal planning in a vacuum. So when I decided that, um, like the history actually of bean day in New Orleans is that it was wash day and, you know, I have a pressure cooker now, but at the time there was no pressure cookers for these women. And so they would wash the clothes while the beans were cooking because cooking, you know, dried beans to cooked beans takes a while. Um, and so they would be home and, you know, they wouldn't burn the beans, whereas other days they might not be home the whole day. Um, And so really being like, this is a dinner I could pull together fast. And this is one that has more time. And just looking at your day, like there's days where you do have more time. And so maybe that's a day where you want to give yourself more time to learn something new or um, make something that takes more time. And then there's other days when that's not in alignment, like that doesn't literally doesn't support you. Mm hmm. 
I love that you talk about yourself as a non-cook. I've I've always described myself that way also. And then you said you married a cook. So is he actually a professional or he's just good at it? No, he just grew, you know, he grew up. And so like he understood all the comp, like he understands cooking. He understands what goes together. He was the kind of person who could open the fridge and I would think there was nothing in there and he would make something amazing. Um, But you have to be, I feel like once kids are involved, um, you know, it just, it depends on the setup of your household, but it, you know, whoever is making food, like has to be able to make it in the time. And what happened to us is like, my husband was coming home late and I was the one who was there before dinner. So at some point I had to be the one making the food for the kids when they were little. Um, and so that, you know, that became my thing. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. Well, and I think it it's cool that you, even though you've done this for years, you're still kind of describing yourself as a non-cook. Yeah. And it, similarly, I have now been making the majority of meals for us, but I would still say I'm kind of a non-cook because I just sort of throw stuff together and it usually tastes pretty good with some hot sauce or, you know, adding some spices or whatever. But my husband, similarly, when I met him, Um, and we were just dating, he could do the same thing and he could put all of the flavors together and make these incredible sauces. And it just was a more intuitive thing, which was, uh, which just made me feel more like a non-cook. But then he really built up my confidence in saying like, just try it. You know, that's how you get better at it. And, um, I think it's really important for people listening to realize that you can put meals on the table most nights of every week, but still not feel like a cook. You can still feel kind of like I'm making these things that are my go-tos or for us, you know, I'll make some rice and we have kind of like the rice bowl thing a lot. And we'll have some type of protein and some vegetables and you throw it all together. I mean, it's not that complicated and you don't have to, I don't really use recipes at all. I don't yeah. use Pinterest recipes even. I, If somebody sends me a recipe now on Instagram because they follow me and they're like, oh, I think you'd like this. I, think, I say, thank you so much. And I may look at it for inspiration, but I typically don't follow any recipe. And it's just because I've gotten more confident, I would say, but also that's just not who I am. I'm never going to follow a recipe and I would rather just kind of throw things together and cross yeah, my fingers and, and hope it tastes okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I, you know, in one sense, I've moved a little bit away from um, cooking, you know, as my, as my 
business, but in another sense, there's still a couple people who hire me to cook for their retreats, which I always find is kind of funny um, because <laughs> technically they're hiring me as the chef. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing that's really um, helped in the kitchen and, and helped me. So I am not any longer raw vegan just for the record <laughs> at all. Um, but I have stayed gluten-free and dairy-free all these years because that really, really, really sh like has shifted how I feel. Um, it ends up actually that I had celiac. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which I just didn't even know until my daughter got diagnosed with it. So I've stayed dairy-free and gluten-free and that's made a really big difference to me. So I think like the biggest shift for me um, and why it doesn't even matter if I ever call myself a chef is that like the food, what I put in my body has made such a difference in how I can show up as a human <laughs> that it's like not even a question that it's going to mm. be stuff that serves me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it's so like, and so I just do whatever it takes in the kitchen, you know, and some days it's like a little bit harder than other days, you know, sometimes it comes together easier, but yeah, because I don't have that. Like I am definitely not one who would open Pinterest and be like, oh my God, that looks beautiful. I'm going to make that. Right. <laughs> That's not my vibe. Well, yeah, exactly. As you're saying that, I feel the same way of, it's just kind of become non-negotiable now that we make most meals for ourselves. Yeah. And with timing, I have my own business and more flexibility. So I typically can make more of the meals and so yeah, I may not be as good at it as he is, but I've gotten better over the years, but it's just, it's non-negotiable. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. And you just, you think about it less. Um, we don't, we don't go to take out a restaurant food first and foremost. We still enjoy those things every once in a while, but it's not our MO. And I think once you get into that habit and that routine and I love your kind of rhythm method of introducing some kind of structure to the chaos of a week. Yeah. Anything that you need to do for your unique lifestyle, you just do it and make it happen and yeah. you find the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a um, time management coach on a while back and she was saying, if you say you don't have time for something, you're really just saying, this isn't my priority right now. Yes. And that reframe can be so powerful, I think, of you could find, you know, if, if you realize that it doesn't have to be a recipe or it doesn't have to be a fancy Pinterest thing, and it could really take 10 minutes of hands-on time, you, you can find 10 minutes most days. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, you know, food is such a great example of our desire as humans like just our bias towards right now, like toward the present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's true. Like if you have, you know, I don't know if you go to like a fried food restaurant and have all these things that, you know, aren't necessarily part of what you want to be eating. Um, you might come home and not feel very great. And then by morning you might be okay. And it really is like over time, right. That, that, that shifts. And so one of the things that I like to say about planning is it's literally just a gift that you're giving from your past self to your future self. So you can just be present doing the thing. So, mm. you know, I always like a lot of times what I think about is like, well, how would like that person that I imagine myself 10 years from now, like, 
what would she be eating? How would she be eating? Like, how would she be making her food? And, you know, she's healthy. Like every time you, every time I take anyone on any sort of like meditation or anyone just closes their eyes and for two seconds imagines their life 10 years from now, no one's like, I'm sick and I don't have energy. Like we all have energy and we're living abundantly, you know, like all the things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, it's like, what yeah. would that person do? Yeah, I love that. What do you say to someone who's, who would say um, healthy food costs too much? Mm. I don't have enough money for all of the groceries that are involved with the meal planning and the prepping. Um, what do you say to that person? Um, well, again, I would just say like, how, like, where, where can you simplify? Cause it is, I think it is true that, you know, if you're taking things all the time from Pinterest and websites of, you know, a lot of the healthy food blogger type people, like there are ingredients that are expensive, but if we're talking like way more vegetables than you're used to, um, you know, and just infusing your life with those and, you know, healthy protein, like usually if you actually do the analysis and you plan, it's actually cheaper. I haven't met a person for whom it's not cheaper. So Mm -hmm. things like not planning and shopping every day can make it more expensive. Um, Not planning and, and then really wanting to stick to what you said you ate and then needing to go out to get it can be more expensive because a lot of times healthy restaurants are more expensive. Um, a lot of those like specialty ingredients, you know, and, and superfoods are more expensive, but I, I, we just don't need those. So the planning can really help us to make, I think it can help anyone make planning, I mean, make healthy eating affordable. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned beans, right? Beans. Yeah. Meat. Beans are, there are know, a few things cheaper than beans. Yes. <laughs> Maybe rice. Maybe yeah. rice is the only thing. Yeah. Um, but I, even last night I was shopping on Amazon fresh, we're able to get that delivery here. And then mm-hmm. if you hit $35, you get free delivery. And my husband had gone to Costco. So we just needed a few more things to stock up on. And so I wanted to get frozen green beans are a go-to. We love the frozen green beans. I just think they taste, they're like the superior frozen vegetable in my mind. They always taste great. I like petite peas. Oh, you do see, everybody has their favorite. Um, But you don't have to, with green beans, I get so exhausted by the washing and then chopping up the ends if they're fresh. And so I just know myself, I'm not going to do that. And maybe we'll end up throwing out the fresh green beans, but I love green beans. So we get frozen and I also wanted to get a few other things. And so he's like, oh, yeah, just remember to hit $35 and delivery is free. And so I was adding the frozen green beans. And I think they were a dollar per bag. So that Mm. was $4. And then, oh, I know, we also like to stock up on frozen shelled edamame. Mm. And then I'll thaw it. And then for a snack, I'll have a bowl with some sea salt on it. It's one of my favorite snacks. Yeah. So then I I thought, oh, I'll throw some bags of that in there. And I put four bags of the frozen shelled edamame. And I think those were 79 cents each. So now I'm at under $8. And I'm trying to like fill up the cart. I'm trying to hit $35. So I think I ended up ordering lotion or something that we needed. But I mean, it was hard to hit $35. I was adding potatoes. I was adding a bunch of stuff. 
I think we need more beans. So all of these kind of basics that we use all the time are so cheap. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when we plan and if we actually stick to what's on the list that we've created, um, you know, the grocery store is like literally set up to sell to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and also the food industry is so, you know, ridiculous that, you know, weird things are subsidized and made cheap. So I just think that if you start with what it is that you're wanting to eat and really make a list of what that is and maybe do some, you know, do listen to things like, you know, Brooke's amazing advice about green beans and edamame, right? <laughs> like, it's, uh, of course, there's tips where we can learn. I feel like both at Trader Joe's and Costco, like I'm always have my ear out for what, you know, healthy peers are getting at those places. Um, so there is something about just like talking with other people who are trying to get healthy and see what they get at certain stores. I feel like I always learn something. Um, yeah, same. But the second we're not getting like prepared food, we're not getting takeout. Maybe we lessen the meat we eat a little bit. Like all those things, like it really is reason. It's just so much more reasonable to make food from scratch. Well, and I think you're spot on with a lot of clients come to me and they'll say eating healthy is so expensive. And then we look at it and if they're getting takeout, healthy takeout can be very expensive. expensive. So if that's part of your eating healthy, that's going to really rack up a huge food bill for the month. And then I think when I talk to people too, you know, it's just being really self-aware. I think you've kind of mentioned this, but really knowing your limits and your likes and dislikes and your time constraints. And are you going to buy the fresh green beans and actually chop them? Or are you going to end up throwing them out? Yeah. You know, should you just buy frozen of certain things, which has a similar nutritional profile? Um, a lot of fresh produce can end up being wasted yeah. and that's expensive. So if you're, if you're buying a bunch of stuff with the best intentions, if I want to eat all of these vegetables and fruits this week, but you end up throwing it out. I mean, that is expensive and a huge waste of money. You're just throwing money into the trash can. Yeah. And I think also the other thing that's like really hard to grasp because again, we're, you know, a lot of us are budgeting based on, you know, week by week by week. Um, But again, if we go out to that bigger picture, um, and it sounds like you stock up on things, which actually can be another way to, you know, get things when, when, if you know you eat beans, get the beans when they're on sale, like the shelf stable stuff. Right. Um, I do that all the time because we do have a, a lot to gluten-free people. So like pasta, gluten-free pasta is definitely more expensive mm. than regular pasta. Um, and I love the chickpea variety, which seems to be even more expensive. Um, so whenever that's on sale, I just buy a bunch cause it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go bad. Um, right. But the cost of not being healthy in 10 years from now is way more than like groceries would ever be. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of times we forget that piece, you know, having to go to doctors and get procedures and, you know, the stuff that is the things that come out of us not being in a healthy relationship with our bodies um, can be really expensive. Right. Speaking of you watching peers and what they're buying or little hacks they have, do you have any of your own things that you like to buy routinely or any kind of tips you can share with us in terms of stocking, fridge, freezer, pantry, kitchen gadgets, anything that you're like, this is the best thing I've ever 
done and more people should know about this? Well, the the two like kitchen gadgets that I've been obsessed with for many years are um, I, my high speed, I have a Vitamix, so my high speed Mm -hmm. blender. Um, And I remember when I first got it, I think it was after my second child and someone suggested that we have this, but it was like before I was in my healthy phase. (laughs) And I remember it sat on the back. Like I couldn't believe that anything cost that much money. So it just like sat on our back stairs for a long time until I could fathom. But I swear, like we have the same one, you know, whatever, probably 18 years later. Um, We've sent it back a few times. And I think I use that thing four times a day, at least. Wow. Yeah. Just for things other than smoothies. Um, well, I do start my day with a smoothie, but okay. I'm also a fan of um, the grain bowl situation. So I feel like I now know how to make any sauce in the world. I, I'm, I'm just mm. a big fan of throwing everything in there. If I bake muffins, yeah. they go in the Vitamix. If I um, you know, have to make a sauce, it's just made in the Vitamix. So I make a lot in there. Oh, cool. Um, That's a good idea to do muffins. And yes, I just literally blend everything. Um, And then the other thing is um, the pressure cooker, which I know that now everyone is obsessed with the Instapot. I don't have as much experience with that, but it has a pressure cooker part. Um, But just the ability again to make dry, dried beans into like dinner (laughs) in 12 Mm. minutes is kind of amazing to me. Yeah. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) It is magic. Yeah. Do you have any go-to pantry staples or spices? Yeah. Let me think about that. Um, yeah. So yes. And I'm going to forget what it's called. So I like, I'm not going to get the name quite right, but there's something called, I'm going to totally butcher it. It's in a yellow container and it's like, um, Schumbacher. I'll send you the link, but it's a, a veggie okay. broth that's um, just really clean. And again, I'm always having to look for gluten-free and I order it from Amazon and I, I swear to God, it makes anything taste yummy. Um, it has nutritional yeast in it. I don't know. I just love it. It's perfect. Oh, interesting. Um, and I will send you the link. The other thing that we yes. always have is, again, I mentioned I have teenagers and um, I never added back in a lot of meat into my diet. I, I actually don't really eat meat every once in a while. I have fish, but pretty much I'm vegan. And um, so protein though has become really important late, like in my current phase of life and um, which it didn't feel like it was as important earlier. And also, and you're probably like, I'm a nutritionist. Of course, protein is important, but what, for whatever <laughs> reason, like it wasn't the thing that I needed. And I have an athlete as a child who mm. isn't a big meat eater. So I love hemp seeds. I put them on ah. everything and you can get them at Costco now, which is always yeah. a plus. Um, so hemp seeds are always something we have. Um, what else is something we always have? I always order nuts in bulk and I do um, generally like I order them from a farm and I oh, do cool. keep those. I, it's called Tierra farm. Um, and I do like those, you know, might not be as cheap as like Trader Joe's, but they're organic and I just feel really good about them. Um, so that's something we always, always have. Oh, I know what yeah. I love. I love frozen riced cauliflower. And yes, I do use it for what it's supposed to be used for, but I also throw it in smoothies and it makes oh, everything yeah. creamy. <laughs> so I have said that. Staple. Yeah, we we actually have a bag right now of we had bought fresh pre-cut cauliflower florets mm. and we didn't 
end up using them. And so instead of throwing them out before they got bad, we froze them. Um, and I don't find that they're that good if you cook with them again from frozen, if you like freeze the fresh ones, but mm-hmm. we throw them in smoothies and you're exactly right. It does add this creaminess and yeah. people think that's so weird, but you can't taste the cauliflower. Yeah, no, you cannot taste it. You can't taste it at all. So we're yeah. not being crazy here. We're not making cauliflower smoothies. We just throw it in. It's kind of like this amazing hidden veggie. Um, yeah. That's just the, the taste is masked by all the other stuff. Yeah. Love that. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing your kind of unique take on meal planning. Um, gave me a lot to think about. And I know my audience as well. well. Final question I ask each of my guests is in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Hmm. Um, I think it's around, well, making time, uh, really prioritizing our health. Um, and I will say that I did not, you know, I stumbled into my own health journey, (laughs) literally. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, 13 years in, you know, it's still very much a journey. It's not like everything is, I now know what to do at every moment. Um, I can see how when I prioritize my health, everything else goes better. And so for me, it's about always making sure, you know, the food, but also movement and sleep and hydration. And um, for me, meditation has been really important. Like all those things I feel like fuel my health and when I let those things go, I am not as productive in my work. Um, I don't have as many creative ideas. I am more snappy with people I don't want to be snappy with. <laughs> um, you know, it affects so much. And yeah. so I think it's really around letting it be the foundation um, of all the other things. Yeah, I love that. The idea of kind of health is wealth. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Well, where can listeners follow and find you? Yeah. So our website is plansimple.com. Um, so the planning and the simplicity both come into that. Um, and on our site, we have pretty much in like 17 different places, so it shouldn't be that hard to find, but we have a, a free course called from overwhelm to ease. Um, and it does involve a process of planning your, your day that involves what you're going to eat. Um, it's, it's all about that and how to really some great tools for going from overwhelm to ease in, you know, around food, but also around life. Um, so that is one way to come into our world. And then the social media platform that I'm most on is Instagram and we're plansimple.co there. And then of course we have our podcast. Awesome. Well, I've ran simple. Okay, great. I will link all of those things in the show notes so people can just quickly click through. And I just want to thank you so much again for being here, Mia, and sharing your wisdom with myself and with my audience. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm so excited to be here and I'm reinvigorated to put edamame in as a snack. <laughs> it's gonna be my it's gonna be my new thing I put out for my my 18 year old. <laughs> it's gonna change your life. And you have to get the shelled kind if you're yes. wanting the simplest. Because if you get the kind in the pod, yes, it's just not as great. But the shelled kind, it's like high in protein, high in fiber, 
and with some sea salt on it. It's like, you know, you get that at a restaurant and it's fantastic. It's, it's delicious. It's going to change your life. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. Let me know how you like it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the health investment podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.